is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Far off pack! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. Pompey extend their unbeaten record to 10 matches in League One as Colby Bishop reaches his own personal landmark at Fry Park. Morrell chips it to the far post to Bishop, header of the post and in! And Colby Bishop has goal number 20 of the League One season! However, despite taking an early lead in the first half, the quality of the Derby County side on offer shone through in the second. James Collins capitalising on space being left inside the Blues box. Derby chip it to the edge of the Pompey uh, penalty area, shot and goal! Flicked on and James Collins, the player Portsmouth tried to side in the summer, smashes it into the back of the net. We'll go through the events of Saturday's one all draw and hear the post-match thoughts of John Rusino, who wants to see more of what Pompey showed on Saturday next season. We have to make sure that we put in these displays, even when seemingly there's nothing to play for in the league. And, and they did have everything to play for, and the, and the pressure built and built and built in the second half, but we were excellent, I thought, in the way that we dealt with that. And it's not just the men's result from the weekend we'll be discussing tonight, but for Pompey women's too. They claim victory in their final game of the season at Fratton Park yesterday afternoon. Snaking run from Quirk gets Portsmouth moving up the left wing. Rolf taking over. Five yards from the byline, they back off to Quirk, looking to cross right-footed, lifted in towards the back post and tucked into the bottom left-hand corner by Hall. Head coach Jay Sadler will come between now and seven. Although I thought we had large control of the game, I thought we could have done better in the final third with our movement and with our decision-making or, or with our details on, on the ball too. As well as match winner Ali Hall, who talks us through Sunday's performance and what it meant to get on the score sheet. We've done really, really well. The teams come together. We played some good football today and we just needed to win in front of the fans, I think. There were so many people here, which is so important for us and at our level as well. It was, yeah, it was really good in place. That's all to come here on another jam-packed edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7. Express FM. A very good evening and the warmest of welcomes to the Footblower here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you as always by Stagecoach Across the South, getting you from A to B across the South Coast and through Hampshire with a minimum of fuss. Head to stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide near you. Well, as you've just heard, full reaction to come, not only from Saturday's one-all draw between Pompey and Derby at Pride Park, but also yesterday's 1-0 victory for the Pompey women in their season finale at home to Crawley Wasps at Fratton Park between now and seven o'clock. You'll hear from the likes of John Massino, Jay Sadler, and the goal scorer from yesterday afternoon's game, Ali Hall, between now and seven o'clock. We'll also have my two studio guests with their reaction, mostly, of course, to Saturday's one-all draw with Derby County at Pride Park. As always, Blues fans, we want to hear from you back home as well. 81400 is the number you need to text. Start those messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Uh, tweet at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash 
Pompey Live. Well, without any further ado, let's take you back, first of all, to Saturday afternoon, when Pompey made a trip to Pry Park, their first visit to Derbyshire since 2011. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Portsmouth are in their usual home colours. They will go from left to right in this first 45 minutes. Derby's usual home colours are white shirts, black shorts and black socks. They'll go from right to left. We're sat in the West Stand. Time for live football for you. Good to have you with us on this sunny Saturday afternoon. Sibley trying to get away from Pack. Finds the danger man, McGoldrick, 40 yards out, cries of shoot. He's going to hit this on his right foot, you know, and he's going to cow one, and he's put it just wide. Does that clip the post? It's oh. come off Macy's hands, corner kick, Derby, you can't give him that space. Well, that's a terrible pass from him, and Pompey are in trouble here. McGoldrick, edge of the box, he's laid it. Great chance for Derby, shot wide, what a miss. What an opportunity for Derby to take the lead, and Mendes Lang has squandered it, it's still 0-0. Morel chips it to the far post, to Bishop, header off the post and in! And Colby Bishop has goal number 20 of the League One season! It's the two Nottingham Forest fans combining to hurt Derby County's playoff hopes. Derby nil, Portsmouth one, it's a robbery! corner kick which Lane is going to take now in towards the near post headed down by Ogilvy how's that been kept out wow Wildsmith again what a save and it is the boarding as the two sides make their way towards the dressing rooms at half time here Derby chip it to the edge of the Pompey uh, Pelletieri shot and goal flicked on and James Collins the player Portland tried to side in the summer smashes it into the back of the net the substitute for Derby County, 20 minutes to go, Derby 1, Portsmouth 1. There is no further time, the whistle has gone and Portsmouth have come away from their trip to Pride Park with a 1-1 draw. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there of Pompey's one-all draw at Pride Park with Derby County, who remain in sixth position in League One with just one match remaining between now and the end of the campaign. Let's go through the other results from the weekend. Then Accrington Stanley 1, Cambridge United 2, Bolton Wanderers 2, Fleetwood Town 0, Charlton Athletic 3, Port Vale 2, Forest Green Rovers 0, Oxford United 3, Ipswich Town 6, Exeter City 0. MK Dons 4, Barnsley 4, Morecambe 3, Lincoln City 2. A comeback for Morecambe at the Mazuma Stadium. Peterborough United 0, Bristol Rovers 0, Plymouth Argyle 1, Burton Albion 0, Shrewsbury Town 0, Sheffield Wednesday 3, and Wickham Wanderers 0, Cheltenham Town 3 which has quite a lot of repercussions for the League One standings. Plymouth Argyle with their 1-0 win over Burton Albion have been confirmed to be promoted to the Championship. They are top of the League One table with one match remaining on 98 points, having won all of their last five matches. Also having won all of their last five matches, Ipswich Town in second place is a 6-0 romping of Exeter City at the weekend sees them also promoted into the Championship. Sheffield Wednesday after leading the division for so, so long 
will have to settle for the playoffs. They are third with 93 points. A win, of course, on Sunday in their final game of the season could see them hit 96 points, but still, of course, not get automatic promotion, which is, is quite criminal. But unfortunately, as uh, Wise Kenny Jacket would say, that's football. Really tough for Darren Moore and the Sheffield Wednesday fans. They will have to settle for the playoffs. Joining them in the top six, Barnsley seemed very settled in fourth position with 86 points, with Bolton Wanderers in fifth with 78, and Derby County in sixth, remaining sixth with 76 points. Peterborough United unable to capitalise on the fact that Derby were held to that draw over the weekend by Pompey. They remain 7th with 74 points on the board. Two points behind Derby, the only side that can now catch up with the Rams. Pompey are uh, remaining in 8th position, as I mentioned earlier. 10 matches unbeaten, 5 draws and 1 victory in the last 6 matches. Wickham Wanderers in ninth with 68 points are the only side that can catch Pompey and guess what they play each other in the final game of the season on Sunday afternoon at Fratton Park so that will be the battle for 8th position in the 2022-23 Skybet League 1 standings down at the bottom Forest Green Rovers we know already relegated 27 points Accrington Stanley Cambridge and Morecambe Join them in the relegation zone as things stand Accrington Stanley not quite relegated yet However, they are three points adrift of safety with one match remaining. They have a minus 38 goal difference, whereas MK Dons in 20th have a minus 22. So they're all but down, just hanging on by goal difference. And you never know. They could win 16-0 on Sunday and survive. Uh, Morecambe, of course, the only side level on points with MK Dons with 44, but with a, a goal difference of eight worse. Cambridge United can also survive, of course. They also have a game in hand. So they win that, they'll push MK Dons down into the bottom four, heading into the final match of the season at the weekend. So plenty to play for, not only as far as the playoffs are concerned, but also relegation down to League Two. Plenty to dis discuss between now and seven o'clock. And I'm delighted to join, uh, to be joined by the likes of Mark Coates. Mark, good evening to yourself, sir. Hello, how you doing, Jake, on this final furlong? Final furlong, yes. The uh, fourth to last football hour of the season, which isn't something that I'm sure we'll catch on, but we are reaching the climax of the campaign. Mark, a one-all draw with Derby County in the penultimate game of the season on Saturday for Pompey. Um, a result, look, given the fact that the Blues have nothing to play for, is that one you would have taken before kickoff? Yeah, I think the fact that we played better than we did in the previous few games might show that they felt the pressure or it might just show that uh, Joe Mojo, uh, Joe Mazzino has actually got a real hold of this team and is a real influence. And uh, as you know, we, we met him um, on QA hospital radio. He was kind enough to, to come up and just chat to us. And um, I've, I've got a great impression of the guy. Um, I think he's a, a, he's a man on his way up, like these other players are trying to buy Paddy Lane and, and Towler. Um, and, and I'm going to put that, that reasonably good performance down to the fact that he's very influential. Yeah. Uh, Joe Wood also joins us here on the Football Hour tonight from the 1898 blog on Twitter. Joe, good evening, sir. Hey, Jake. How you doing? Not too bad, thank you. Ten games unbeaten, Joe. That's, uh, that's quite something to be proud of, no? It is, it is. And it, it's sort of gone, I don't want to say under the radar, but it feels like it has. Um, there's still the sort of di lingering disappointment of not quite making the playoffs. I think that still kind of overrides the fact that this run's actually been pretty good and they put in some pretty decent performances against sides that are up and around the the sharp end of the table. Um, yeah, like uh, like Mark said, it's 
we are moving in the right direction. Still work to be done, though. Work to be done, absolutely. Uh, Linda Mail on the email says, despite a promising start to the season, it's ending like all of our seasons have in League One. Let's hope the next campaign, we get it right. We need to keep Bishop because 20-goal season forwards are not easily found and we know what we have with Bishop also. I think that Macy would be a good uh, good signing for us and to try to sign Deshaun Bernard on a permanent deal. Yeah, that's something we spoke about. In great detail on Friday's edition of a footblower. It would be interesting to see what Joe Piggott would cost because if he's given a fair chance in the team, who knows? But we need to get a creative player and also a player to inject some pace as well. I hope Pompey will show us how ambitious they are, especially with keeping Bishop. We can stop having these discussions at the end of the next season. Hopefully, play at Pompey. Linda Mail on the emails. Thank you, Linda, for getting in touch. Um, Mark, we mentioned this really bizarre unbeaten run that Pompey are on. Ten matches, several of which have been stalemates, three victories. Um, you can't help but feel, of course, the draws to the likes of MK Dons, Morecambe, Oxford United, sides that are either in the relegation zone or just outside of it, have killed Pompey's hopes of getting into the playoffs. Nonetheless, the only games that John Bassino have has lost since arriving are to sides either in the top six or just outside Peterborough United, the only exception there. Plenty to build upon in the summer, of course, if given the resources. Uh, yeah, I mean, if this had been our first season of the championship and we'd had a string of draws in amongst a couple of wins, we'd be we'd be laughing, wouldn't we? Especially if we ended up <clears throat> mid-table or above. But it's not. It's League One again. And as we always hear in that little montage at the beginning, everyone's frustrated um, with, with League One opponents. And we just want to get up and out of the division. And from what I hear, and this is pub talk, um, Jake, so I'm sorry it's not a good citation uh, for Express <laughs> FM, but I'm hearing that we're, that he's going to put his hand in his pocket. It might be from what Michael Eisner said before, but he's going to really back John Massino. He thinks he's got all the right people, Richard Hughes not least, uh, in place to get some really good transfers through the door. And I'm hearing figures like 15 million, which of course is roughly what Ipswich spent. And, and if that's the case, I think that we are going to go onwards and upwards and we can take the green shoots Joe's talking about, add to them with these incisive players you just had um, fans on Twitter saying that they want goal scorers. Bishop scoring 20, well, 24 in all competitions is fantastic. Mm. But the next highest is Ogilvy with five. Where are the <laughs> players down the flank? You know, who are going to like um, come in and actually finish. Owen Dale, lovely player in lots of ways, but no cutting edge and couldn't finish. I scored, He scored a couple, I think. The same as Ronan Curtis, mm. who's been out half the season. We need more goal scorers down the flanks and up front with Bish. Plenty to build on next season, of course, given um, given for support, Joe. I, I, I'd put good money on, on the, the idea that the ownership of his football club will, will back John Messino in the summer. Um, I'd like to think so anyway, given the strong end of the season. Really, in, in retrospect, that John Messino has had, given the opportunities, given the matches he's had to try and turn things around, had turned things around. At the time of arriving, Pompey were very much a mid-table side, even at one stage, looking over the shoulder to relegation, although we, we, we all realistically knew that wasn't going to happen. To get us into a, a playoff fight right towards the end of the campaign, falling short at the final hurdle, we talk about the fact that this isn't John Messino's team. He had a couple of weeks in the transfer window. We know that a lot of these arrivals will be influenced by the likes of, of Richard Hughes, as Mark's alluded to there. But given a, a fresh start in the summer, we don't want to keep saying this. We, we said this with Kenny Jacket. We said this with Danny Cowley. We're saying the same thing with John Messino. However, whether you like it or not, that is where Pompey are right now. And he's got to be given the backing in order to steer this football club from not only just being a, a team that are chasing the top six, but going for the top two, we need to get out of this division. Mark mentioned there, it was in the intro. It was him on the quote. 
Well, I, I slightly disagree with you that this is the same as Jacket and Cowley. Um, Jacket and Cowley were were given funds in within a structure that didn't have a director of football in position at the time. So they were very much driving the bus in terms mm. of recruitment and finding the players that they wanted. So it, it, it's a bit weird because... Richard Hughes is the man that has taken on the recruitment since, I, I believe, roughly the back end of September. And realistically now we're talking about the Eisners not so much backing Massinho, but backing Rich Hughes and Rich Hughes' mm. decisions. And we've seen already with Riley Towler coming into the, into the, the fold that actually the decisions he's making are right and that we are progressing. Now, obviously, Messina will have an input into that that transfer dealing, but it, it's a, I I think it can't be overstated how important and different this transfer window is going to be. We, I mean, you can almost discount the previous one because we were in the middle of doing other things then, mm-hmm. like finding a manager. But the, this is now the time where we see what this structure can really do. Mm. And if they are talking about, again, I'll I'll go back to the pub talk that Mark's saying there, if they are talking about 15 million quid, that 15 million quid has to be spent wisely Mm. and not just on names. Um, I I disagree with the point that the the person made in the email, sorry to whoever that was, I I don't see Piggott being somebody that we should really pursue in the summer. I think that he doesn't fit the model that we're we're going for now. Yeah, um, yeah that's just my opinion on that. Hey, James, healthy to disagree. If we all agreed on the same thing, the show would be very boring. Well, true, yeah. <laughs> Joe, Mark, thank you both very much. We'll catch up with you guys again in just a few moments' time. And after the break, we'll be speaking to John Messina, who knows exactly why he needs to continue the on-field improvements, not just for the sake of trying to gain promotion for Pompey, but to keep the supporters on board too. What we were really focused on is making sure that we played for pride, because every time, like I said, you pull on the the Portsmouth top, you have to make sure that you do play with pride and you're representing the 3,000 fans that have travelled here today. So we have to make sure that we put in these these displays, even when seemingly there's nothing to play for in the league. Much more to come when the Footballer returns next. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to track your boss on a live mapping system and even prepay for your ticket as well. You can find out more information over at stagecoachbus.com. 
Audio.com. Myself, Jake Smith, alongside Mark Coates from the Pompey Audio Description uh, Commentary Service, also funding uh, the QA Hospital Radio, as well as Joe Wood from the 1898 blog um, that you can see on social media at the 1898. Um, Joe, we'll come back to you first of all with this one. We, we mentioned there, Joe, um, Colby Bishop from the email sent in by, by Linda got to keep Colby Bishop within this team, his 20th league goal of the campaign on Saturday at Derby County, to have someone of his capabilities within this squad, not only putting the ball into the back of the net, but his hold-up play as well. Very, very blessed to have a 20-goal striker within this team, having just finished, either going to finish 8th or ninth in the division. Well, yeah. Um, like you mentioned there, his hold-up play is just fantastic. Um, week in, week out, he ends up with a six foot two backpack on him on the halfway line and <laughs> that, that he's got to try and shake off and, and give the ball to someone else. Um, like you say, 20, 20 goal scorers in any division, not just League One, are difficult to come by. And no, we cannot afford to lose him because he is literally our only striker. <laughs> I mean, unless we're planning on going out and getting four or five. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing else there. And that's been proven this season with that, frankly, horrific statistic that our next highest goal scorer is our left-back, who's not really a left-back. He's a centre-back that <laughs> plays a bit of left-back. Yeah. That's awful. It just shouldn't happen. And it is a damning indictment on the, the uh, top, top third players that there aren't more goals in amongst it. And if... It, if we didn't have Colby Bishop, my lord, this season would have been a lot more difficult than it was already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Clearly, Mark, Colby Bishop is someone that Pompey have to try and build around for next season. We spoke a few weeks ago, ago about the potential price tags on Colby Bishop. We're not going to go into that um, on, on tonight's show. Quite frankly, if anyone comes in with an offer, it has to be big really, really big to try and lure him away from Pompey. If he, if he wants to go, fair enough, but we need to keep him in this team. It's, it's, it's almost like a priceless asset now is Colby Bishop for next season to try and steer us into the championship rather than having to start again and take a punt on another striker. But my question to you, Mark, is trying to build the team and shape it around Colby Bishop, play to his strengths, to be able to score 20 league goals in a season where the support from the, from the sort of flanks hasn't been fantastic. We've already mentioned in, in previous shows, Owen Dale's um, numbers this season, not too many assists, not many goals either. Um, on loan from Blackpool, unlikely he'll be returning next season. Paddy Lane coming in in January. He's started to have a few more games in recent mm. weeks. He's starting to prove to fans why he can be a really integral member of this team next season. But... In regards to striking partnerships, do you think, Mark, that Cole Bishop would, would work better just solely up front on, on, on his own with maybe a number 10 behind him? Or do you think that maybe he needs a striking partner next season? I think it's fair to say he's, um, he's that good that actually he could do either. Um, what he does need, though, is, as you said, the assistance from the flanks. And sometimes he's able to nod it on, isn't he? He's able to, mm. to replay well and, and set people up. I think he could he could do either. But you've got to have someone else who can finish. It was painful at Forest Green. I mean, I, I love I like Owen Dale. He works really hard, but he hasn't got the polish in that very final, um, not even third, in that final sort of tenth of the pitch. Um, and he can't, he can't quite, um, he can't quite bring the, the final product. And we need another couple of players like that. You mentioned Paddy Lane. I think he's been superb the last few games, and he really yeah. is showing what what he could bring to the side. But you need another couple of, of players on those flanks. And yeah, you absolutely need um, another another player. You can, 
up front with Colby Bishop. You could play them together. Mazzino needs options. He's got to have options next year. And if he's only got one um, competent striker up front, he hasn't got options. Hmm. Interesting topic of discussion as well, um, as mentioned here by Mockers on Twitter. I really hope the 11 players who started on Saturday all stay at Fratton Park for 2023-24. Time to stop wasting a fortune on loanies and signing hun uh, hungry youngsters. I like John Messino, John Harley, Richard Hughes and Andy Cullen. We just need to attack far more. It's Mockers on Twitter. Um, the point from that tweet that I want to highlight, Joe, is... Um, the, the point raised about low knees um, time to stop wasting a fortune on low knees Look, we, we know that loan players are a, bit, a big part of football nowadays every team has a low knee at least more often than not two or three it's the perhaps reliance on the loan players to be the key members of your squads like at the start of the season Dane Scarlett was tipped to be one of the biggest players within this team that hasn't proven to be the case. He's found game time really limited based upon, unfortunately, the, the, the season he's had. Owen Dale, we've mentioned him. Even Josh Griffiths in goal, he went back, back to West Brom in January after a bit of a sour first half of campaign. Do you think next season the ambition sort of from the ownership to try and pump more money into his squad, try and give John Messino the, the backing that he needs to get Pompey into the championship, Joe. Do you think a lot of that also stems around trying to reduce the amount of loanies that come in? Or if the loanies do come in, that they're not reliant on actually starting every single week? Well, you, it's a balance, isn't it? As with everything. Um, if the right loanie becomes available... And I, I still believe that Dane Scarlett was the right loanee at the time. Mm -hmm. I think things that have happened over the course of the season, I, I don't think anybody should judge a 90, 18, 19-year-old on what has happened at Pompey this season. Mm -hmm. I think that's vastly unfair on him because it was a mess for four months. Um, if the right loanee is available, then it's absolutely fine to go and get that player. But yes we shouldn't be relying on loanies to pack out the squad, to fill out the squad. Because at the end of the day, all you're doing is developing somebody else's talent. Mm. And, and and that way, as a club and as a team, you just have to stagnate because you're not using your own players to, to push yourself up through the division. And if you do push yourself up through the division, you've just created a bigger problem for yourself because now what? Those players go back and you have to replace them with better players than what came in. So, yeah, we do need to, to stop relying on these loan, loan players. But I also don't think that we should turn our nose up at the idea of the loan system as a whole. Sure. There, there is a purpose to it. I mean, the perfect example, actually, is Matt Macy and goal. Yeah. Without the loan system, we wouldn't be sat here going, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll have him next season. <laughs> He's been one of the he's been one of the best Pompey players in this second half of the season. Yeah. So, like I say, there's a balance that needs to be trodden carefully here. Yeah, let's go through the goal that gave Pompey the lead at Pride Park going into a half-time break on Saturday. Mark uh, a cross in from Joe Morell, the um, supposed Nottingham Forest fan, according to uh, Andy Moon on the commentary, mm -hmm. feeding it to another Nottingham Forest fan, uh, which I wasn't aware of prior to Saturday's commentary. Um, Colby Bishop heading in. Great header into the sort of far corner, deceiving the goalkeeper, hitting one post and then sort of trickling along the line into the back of the net, uh, giving Pompey a pretty um, surprise lead at Pride Park and quite an undeserved one as well, I think it's fair to say, after 
a pretty back-to-the-wall performance in the opening 20 minutes. I'm sure Derby and Paul Warner, all of their sort of 30,000 fans we had them at stadium would have been a little bit aggrieved when that goal went in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they were on top and they were looking. McGoldrick was fantastic. And they've got some older players there who um, did look like they were going to control the match. But I, I think that um, we responded really well. Joe Morrell, I think, is an exceptional player. He doesn't bring what we were talking about earlier, loads and loads of opportunities. And you know, he scores a goal sort of every other season, doesn't he? But what a, he picked him out beautifully. Mm. What a vision he's got. And it was that hung in the air. And only Colby Bishop can find himself <laughs> in that much space, almost looking offside for a moment, and then finish with that precision. But he scored nearly half of our goals. And I'm just, just looking at the moment, going back to the theme that's run through this whole conversation, is we've only, we've only let in two more goals than Plymouth, who were top of the division. Yeah. But they've scored 20 more goals than us. That's where we need to invest um, in, in the summer. We can't just rely on Colby. Bless him, he's taken a battering, just like what Joe was saying with his six-foot-two backpack all the time. But he's... Um, and uh, I love that phrase. That's getting trolled out again, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, but I have to... He's, but the, the, the guy's taken a batter and he hasn't mm. been injured. It's remarkable, really, that uh, that we haven't lost him for large swathes of the season due to injuries. He's a tough, he's a tough nut. Yeah. After the goal, Joe um, scored him a 24th minute, so pretty much slap bang in the middle of that opening 45-minute period on Saturday. We mentioned that it was one-way traffic from Derby in the opening half of that first half up until the goal, after which Pombe had the ascendancy, really. They had that confidence, that momentum. and It really goes to show that this team, this season, this, this squad of players are built around confidence they get the, they get the goal on saturday they take the lead and suddenly they look a completely different animal especially going forward there was fluid passes nice triangular play they look threatening maybe to score a second or a third didn't come of course but those are the promising promising signs heading into next season maybe it's not all about personnel but also just but the actual mental strength of this team that needs to improve they are positive signs, but I am going to put a little bit of a downer on it. If you have to be 1-0 up hmm. to, to suddenly start playing your own brand of football, you, yeah. the way that you want to play, that is a bit of a problem. Um, again, maybe confidence comes with with a pre-season, a time, uh, and things like that. But, you know... <laughs> I can't get past this. We've we've got to stop relying on Colby Bishop. Um, yes, we 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 were in the the ascendancy for that that second half of the first half, but you've got to put the ball in the net when you're when you have the when you're in the ascendancy. You have to take those chances. And to me, they look like a team that doesn't. This is going to sound weird, but you you know what I mean when I say it. They look like a team that doesn't know how to win. Yeah. That they they sort of they get into the position, but they they're not confident that they can close it out, mm. and that kind of comes to the fore later on in the game. Yeah. And um, I don't mean to lead on to this, uh, like drive the bus on this one, but it kind of leads on to the goal that, that they concede later on. It's it suddenly it sort of go back into the shell a bit, a little bit further, a little bit further, and all of a sudden you've got a ball that's being lumped into your box that you don't deal with. Hmm. And it, it, it's not the first time we've seen them do that. No. It's been a bit of a theme throughout the season. Credit to James Collins, though. 
What a finish that is, by the way. Oh, yeah, great finish. <laughs> but, yeah, a bit, bit criminal defending to, to leave a striker like James Collins with all of the experience he's got and the know-how to put the ball into the back of the net to leave him so open from, what, five, six yards out and to the only, well, the closest man to him to not only be, not, not be a defender, Marlon Pack to be uh, the, the closest player to him. Yeah, um, criminal defending for Pompey on Saturday. Something that, to be fair, over the last few weeks hasn't been something we have been criticising. Let's hear now from the head coach John Messino spoke to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle at Pride Park. Well, John, one all at Pride Park. What are your thoughts on the game? <laughs> yeah, a, a really good game. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was quite difficult to assess in the, in the first half because we started really, really poorly. I thought we were awful for 15, 20 minutes and uh, we were thinking about um, you know, possibly having to make a change, but ultimately we thought it was about the fact that we weren't winning first balls, weren't picking up second balls. We, we gave the ball away really sloppily and all of a sudden we clicked into gear. And when we did, I thought we were an excellent side. So we, such a contrast in the first half. The last 25 minutes, I thought we were really, really good. And it started, or, or the goal came from Deshaun winning a header. We picked up the second ball. We turned it around the corner for Paddy, who kept making that run in the first half, and we, we hadn't found him. But he was, he was absolutely brilliant on the right flank. And when we did it and when we were effective, you then see the quality that we've got in the final third, because the goal is a brilliant goal. But we have to make sure we earn the right to play in that third. And, um, and again... Derby pressed us really well and we overplayed, we played into that press, especially when we have the likes of Colby and Joe up front, so uh, that was a, a really interesting one to assess at half-time. The second half was very different, it was back to the wall, we you know, had to sort of hang on in there, although I don't think Derby created a huge amount, they, they went direct, set pieces, they had put the plenty off, but um, you know, it was really, really pleasing to come away with the point. What do you think sparked that change in momentum in the first half? I mean, difficult. We were difficult to really answer. We were trying to get a lot of information onto the pitch and, and make sure that we were um, a lot more sensible in the way we played. There were a couple of natural stoppages, and we just said to the lads, "Of course, we want you to play when it's on, but you're not going to be able to do that if Derby are pressing really high with their, their front six. It's impossible. So we need to play beyond that, and we need to play beyond with purpose and squeeze everybody up the pitch, and then we can play, and then we can get the ball down. And then I thought we were really excellent after that. So. Um, to be fair, the players you know, took that on board really well. That's a tough first 15 minutes for them to, to compete with. Uh, you know, we could have been a couple down in that at that time, and then when we went one nil up, it could have been two or three up. I think there was a Wild Smith made a couple of really, really good saves. One down to his left, and one from the corner. So, yeah, maybe three three at half time would have been a um, would have been a fair fair score. There will be that element of disappointment, but what were perhaps some of the positives to take after? A result, a tough place to come, and against a tough side. Yeah, I think Derby had everything to play for today, and what we were really focused on is making sure that we uh, we played for pride. Because every time, like I said, you pull on the the Portsmouth top, yeah, you have to make sure that you do play with pride, and you're representing the 3,000 fans that have travelled here today. So, you know, we have to make sure that we put in these these displays, even when seemingly there's nothing to play for in the league. And and they did have everything to play for, and the, and the pressure built and built and built in the second half. But we were just we were excellent, I thought, in the way that we dealt with that. Had to defend a lot of set pieces. Um, you know, they, they brought good players off the bench to to really threaten us. But yeah, overall it was excellent. You made two changes to the eleven. How do you think Joe and Pigs performed? Yeah, considering Joe's been out for so long, I thought he was really good. He controlled the tempo pretty well in the in the first half, and um, you know you can see the quality that he's he's got. And and Pigs again when when he got to grips with the game in the first half, he, he linked things very well. We started to win second balls, and he can be a real threat. I think playing off off Colby there. So I, I thought both of them came in and did really well. And just to mention to Paddy Lane, who had a terrific game today, a real nuisance down the down the right-hand side. Yeah, I thought Paddy was brilliant. We said at half-time, 
the, the man with the most amount of um, space on the pitch because he earned it was Paddy. We just turned that down a, too, a few too many times in the first half where he had got in behind and we probably looked to be a bit too intricate and there were a couple of spells in the first half, particularly when we had a bit of joy, where it's, it's good play but we, we turn it in behind and, and yeah, I mean, Paddy's work rate, his, his effort, his endeavour was, was absolutely awesome and um, once he adds sort of goals and assists to the, to the back end of that, then he'll be some player, I think. And just a word on the fans, 3,000 of them today here at Pride Park. Nothing to play for in the league. I think that just says everything you need to know, doesn't it? It does, and I think it was really important for us to put on a display. Uh, whether the performance at times wasn't up to scratch, it was the, it was the work rate and, and what the lads put into it. Was the, I know that's the most important thing to them. They want attacking football and, and they want us to be positive and we've, we are really focused on that. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, we want to want to dominate games, but we want to be attacking, we want to be uh, forward focused. And um, I know that the minimal required is, is a top, top, top end effort. And I think we did that today and I think the fans recognised that. And yeah, they were, they were absolutely brilliant to, uh, to have 3,000 travelling fans a long, long way from, from home uh, on a day where, like you said, not a huge amount to play for in the league is, is testament to what we've got in this football club. The post-match thoughts of John Musino after Saturday's one-all draw between Pompey and Derby County at Pride Parker. Dave on the emails. Good evening, Jake. Happy with Saturday and the fact that we really turned up on the day against one of the better sides. Promising signs without papering over the obvious cracks. I thought that Neil Allen penned an excellent article about the season in general and how Pompey have fallen short again. He mentioned us being jealous of the more successful sides and whilst I agree that I envy the positions these clubs find themselves in, I don't feel jealous as such because Ipswich, Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday or whoever else gets through the playoffs just aren't Pompey, are they? Pompey's success is everything to its fans and I wouldn't swap places with any other club supporters whatever division they may be playing in next season. Onward and upward, Dave. Thank you very much for your email, Dave. Uh, there are plenty um, of confidence maybe flowing for next season. Who knows, are we being blindly confident or is there genuine reason to be looking forward to the 2023-24 campaign. 81400 is the number you need to text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm on Twitter or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Someone who will be looking forward to next season is the Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler after a very, very strong season this time around in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. They go into the next campaign knowing that if they were to win the league title, that would mean automatic promotion to the championship after the FA uh, jiggling around a few rules in the women's game. So fantastic to hear that. We'll hear the post-match comments of the Pompey women's head coach between now and seven, speaking after yesterday's 1-0 victory over Crawley Wasp at Fratton Park. You see what all the sacrifice and the commitment and all the hard work, these are the moments that you, you cherish. These are the moments that you're working hard to. We want these moments every single week and we'll continue to work hard to, to get them because they're special, they really are. We'll also hear from match winner Ali Hall when the Football Hour returns after this quick break. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 
Express FM. Welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach Across the South. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Mark Coates and Joe Wood for tonight's edition of the show. And so far this evening, we've gone through the key talking points from Saturday's one-all draw between Portsmouth men and Derby County at Pride Park. We've spoken in great detail about Colby Bishop and the influence he's had into the squad and the necessity to keep in within the Blues team next season. Now to move our focus to the Pompey women. They had their final game of the season yesterday afternoon. They played host to Crawley Wasps at Fratton Park. Matt Drabble had the highlights from PO4. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live on Express FM with Aquacars. Grand setting of Fratton Park today for Portsmouth Women. Their final game of the campaign. And today they take on Crawley Wasps. It is the Wasps that get the game underway. And it's at the back on the left-hand side of the back line with Franklin. Rolled over halfway. Looking to get out this Blues back line early, but it's well cut out by Wild. And up the line to Sophie Quirk, who just picked up that Player of the Season award ahead of kickoff. Chong helps it back out to the right wing. Curl towards Bleak Jirai, takes it with Anne Watson. The chest spins and almost dispatches it into the far corner. It's bounced off both posts, rolled along the goal line and nestled into the arms of Hannah Horton. Brilliant number nine play from Sel Bleak Jirai. Controlled the cross on the chest, spun on the ball, clattered it off one post, rolled along the goal line, hit the other post. And Hannah Horton grateful to fall on it in the end. The Blues popping it about nicely in their own half. Game has to help it away up to Wilde. And turn finds Quirk in space. And now another chance for Quirk to run at the Crawley back line. Step over from Quirk, looking to cut it back across goal. Jones looking for the half yard to shoot. Nowhere to go, gets it out of her feet and flashes it past the post. Did well to even get a shot off there, Emma Jones, with two yellow shirts on her back. Got a shot off, but it went wide. Barrett. Roll down the line. On goes Jones, sprinting into space. Jones, first time delivery. Rolf waiting for it. So too is Quirk. Quirk laid back off to the edge of the six-yard box. Scrambled clear by Crawley. Brooke Garcia has it right of centre. Looks for Ajao over the top. Nicely weighted pass. Ajao running one-on-one -on -one with Evie Gain. Lovely touch round Gain. Looks for a shot left-footed, but there's Hall to smash it behind and end the danger for Crawley Wash. Snaking run from Quirk, gets Portsmouth moving up the left wing. Rolf taking over, five yards from the byline. They back off to Quirk, looking to cross right-footed. Lifted in towards the back post and tucked into the bottom left-hand corner by Hall. Brilliant delivery from Sophie Quirk. She's threatened to do that all afternoon long. And there was Hall, who can just side-footed, guide it into the bottom left from the right side of the penalty area. It's Portsmouth 1, Crawley 0 at Fratton Park. Quirk again, just rolling it past Talbot Smith and surging up the left flank. Jones to her left, Lane to her right. Quirk continues to drive towards the left edge of the penalty area, puts it across goal, nodded over the top. Very almost a second for Ali Hall, stooping to meet Quirk's cross and glancing it over the top of the crossbar. In towards Buyuk Shirai, headed clear by Younger and nodded away by Portsmouth. And that brings Portsmouth's home game and the season to a close. They triumph at Fratton Park, 1-0 over Crawley Wasps. All the unmissable.
possible action. This is Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yep, great victory for the Pompey women at home to Crawley Wasps yesterday afternoon. The final game of their season after 22 matches, they finish in fourth position with 47.17 points clear of fifth place MK Dons and just four points adrift of Oxford United at the top of the table, although Oxford do have one more game remaining. That title is still between Oxford, Watford and Ipswich Town. Now let's hear from the head coach, Jay Sadler. He spoke to Max Watton. I think there were, there were, there were parts of the performance to like, but we've got to give uh, the game a bit of context, obviously, at Fratton Park and the expectation that comes with not only being at Fratton Park, but being against the Crawley side that were already relegated and in front of your home fans. So the expectation was on us to probably win this game comfortably. Um, although I thought we had large control of the game, I thought we could have done better in the final third with our movement and with our decision-making or, or with our details on, on the ball too. Um, so, yeah, I thought we started the game brightly. For first 15 minutes, we took the game to Crawley. We pressed them high, we won the ball back with a number of real kind of half-cut chances. And then there was the big decision around the penalty, Quirky taking the keeper around and going down. And from the angle we had, it, it looked stonewall. And obviously, if you're given that and you've got to then convert it, I think it then settles the nerves. And I've got to give a lot of credit to, to Charlie and to Crawley. Um, obviously, coming here and they had a game plan. They executed it to a T, nullified all the spaces in behind, allowed us to have the ball, but try not to be too hurtful with it. And we spoke at half-time and said, we need to play the game more than the occasion. We need to play more as a team and move the ball with a little bit more a bit more pace. Um, we spoke about it against MK last week. Just at times, we get hold of the ball and we expect the picture to change and we need to move the ball to change the picture. So... Players are learning, um, but we persevered and, and obviously got the goal. I'm really happy for the fans that we could celebrate it at the end. Let's talk more about the, the day rather than the game. How was it for an experience as you on the touchline once again? Special, really special, really special. Um, you turn around and you obviously see all the fans um, in the south stand, obviously see my family um, up there as well. And, and you, you see what all the sacrifice and the commitment and all the hard work. This is, these are the moments that you, you cherish. These are the moments that you're working hard to. We want these moments every single week and we'll continue to work hard to, to get them um, because they're special. They really are. Um, I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I, 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 I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club and I know what it means to be standing um, on the sidelines here at Fratton Park. And when that goal went in, the noise was deafening. It was incredible. Um, it was everything you kind of you dream of as a group. And I'm really happy we were able to end um, the season with a, with a win. And talk to us about the scenes at the end. How nice was it to be able to show your appreciation to those fans who've supported us at Wesley Park and on the road throughout the, throughout the whole season? Yeah, definitely. We, we've had we've had a few that travelled quite far, and we obviously met a, a group of supporters down in down in Plymouth, and they've travelled all the way to be here with us today. And that's special. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. Um, not only in the women's, you see the men's yesterday. Over three thousand have gone to Derby County, um, and today we've we've had a real good turnout. People that wanted to be here, wanted to support us, and and ultimately push us over the line. And we needed their energy. We, we heard the noise. We heard the play up Pompey's, and when they come in, that gives us an extra boost. And I think there was one just before the goal that went in, and, and obviously we, we've taken it well. And to be able to celebrate with them at the end, and to inspire the next generation, you're seeing young players now, young female girls. They can have their role models. Their role models can be Hannah Horton. Their role models can be Danny Lane, Jazz Younger. These, these girls now can have role models that look like them, that are them. Um, and that's special. And just talk to us about the, the moments with you and your players as well at the end. It's, there's a really nice moment in the dressing room, on the touchline. And, and just it feels like a really, really nice end to the season. Well, we speak about it all the time. Our, our biggest strength is our unity. It really is. And it's cliche. And a lot of clubs say it. But do they actually feel it? Do they actually 
witness it and, and do they actually drive it every single day and I genuinely believe we do. We persevered on the pitch today. Um, there were moments that it wasn't going our way and ultimately we found a fantastic cross and a fantastic goal and, and that was our unity that got us that goal. And, and as you say, at the end of the game when we get everyone in the huddle, these are special moments. We've created a lot of special moments throughout the whole season and this was another one today and that, that was the challenge. And I think with that challenge came, came a bit of pressure with the expectation. And then at the end, we can have a moment in the dressing room and just celebrate the achievements we have made because albeit we've fallen short in the title race. It was never an expectation. We far surpassed the expectations I had. Um, and this group just, just keep delivering week on week, um, game on game. And, and now it's a case of we can relax and we can enjoy ourselves, but the preparation starts now, ready for next season, because we want to push this group. And, and I genuinely think we've got the mentality and we've got the quality to, to really be a contender in this division. Goal scorer Ali Hall also caught up with Max after the full-time whistle at Fratton yesterday afternoon. Well, Ali, there's only one place to start. You scored the winner here at Fratton Park today. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, really good. I think it was such a nice way to finish off the season for us. We've done we've done really, really well. The team's come together. We played some good football today and we just needed to win in front of the fans, I think. There were so many people here, which is so important for us and at our level as well. It was, yeah, it was really good. I'm pleased. Let's go to the main moment. Talk us through your goal. <laughs> it was. I think. I think the ball made the goal. I do. I really think. I think quirky, ha- having a bit of a hard time. They were really pushing her to the byline, but she cut back in. It was a. Re- it was a really good ball, and I think I need to give credit to Lee, goalkeeping coach, because him and I have been working on my timing of my runs into the box for probably about three to four weeks now, about meeting the ball at the right time. And it was. Yeah. It was. It was such a good ball. I just. I knew I needed to get something on it, and you're thinking, God, don't sky this. Don't sky this. Um, yeah. Met it, and it was. It was nice. But it was team goal. It's a team performance there and it's been team performances all season and I think that's what impo- what's important. It's not the player that scores, the team scores the goal and yeah, I'm pleased with one. What was it like in those two moments where, first of all, you realised you met the ball and it was going into the back of the net and then being able to celebrate in front of all these fans as well? It's good. I don't think you can beat that feeling of scoring. Like I said, it doesn't. I, I, I never mind who scores as long as we get a goal together, but I think you can't. You can't beat that feeling. It was a bit of a relief as well, I think, because we knew we knew a goal was coming and we needed to get one. But it was, yeah, it's, it's a really nice moment. And like I said, the team always celebrates together. So it was, yeah, you can't replicate that feeling. And just talk to us about the game as a whole, aside from the experience. We'll go on to that in a minute. But as for what happened on the pitch, what's your verdict on the result and performance overall? I think it was a bit of an up and down game. I think at times we got the ball down, we played well, we showed what we can do. We showed why we finished so highly in the league we did and we showed why we can take the best teams right to the very end. Um, sometimes it was a little bit messy, but you know, it's as well, it's, it's, it's a big occasion today. It's a big occasion and I hope actually, not just for Pompey women, but in our league in general, we can get more big games like this because this, this should be a platform for us. It should feel like a home or a second home. You know, so there were definitely a few little nerves out there, but actually, I think overall we we showed we were the better team. We should have we should have definitely won that game. Maybe had a few more little chances here and there, but it was we showed what we could do at times, and I think that's important. And we wanted to round off this season with a win here at Fran Park, and we did. And just talk to us about those scenes at the end. I'm going to pick out a moment in particular. I just saw that you were interacting with a really young fan who said, oh, "I really want to be a footballer for Pompey one day." Just summarise that moment for us. Oh, it's lovely. I think I've been playing at this level for quite a few years now, and I think when I first started playing, you'd get you'd get your parents there and kind of your family and your friends, and that kind of be it. But now to be able to wander along the line with all the really the young boys and girls that say, oh, "I want to play for Pompey. I want to play for Pompey Women," it's you know, it it feels like you're you're doing more than just playing football because you love it. You're doing more because these young people are looking at you and thinking, "Wow, I want to do that." And that's nice. And if we can give some time to them at the end of the matches and and say, "Keep working hard, keep enjoying your football," and one day I'll be up in the stand 
however many years later watching and thinking, oh, well, they're the new generation. It's, it's lovely. It's really nice that we've been able to do that. Amazing. And that rounds off a really positive season for the club and the team on and off the pitch. You've been here since January. How have you found it since then? How would you summarise it? Oh, I've loved it. I think, you know, Jay said to me before I joined, he said, this team, there's something special about this team, um, who they are and how we're building. And he was right. I just, honestly, I absolutely love it. I think the... The girls are absolutely fantastic. It's so rare in women's football that you get a team that gets on so well and is this close and is so tight-knit in such a competitive team as well, which is important. You know, people are pushing for places, but the way the girls are together is just excellent. And I think the way the staff have been and the way they push us and they're constantly helping, finding answers, helping us to be better players. It's, I've, I've loved it. It's been a really, really great half the season since I joined in January and I'm sure I'm sure everyone will, will say the same that they've loved this season and we've exceeded expectations and I think the potential is, is huge and it's exciting to see what we can do next year. Yeah, really excited to see what the Pompey women can do next season. Congratulations once again to Jay Sadlerside after the very impressive 2022-23 campaign. Um, right, lads, uh, Joe and Mark, we come to the very final ends of this uh, evening's show. Uh, just first of all, Joe, before we do say goodbye, big, big game in the Premier League tonight. I'm not sure why Leicester and Everton, in respect to what we want to see to happen tonight in, as Pompey fans, a draw, Leicester win or Everton win? What do you reckon? Oh, I, I have friends that support both, so I just would really like to see a top-class game that finishes <laughs> four all, and it's utterly mental. I, I just hope both teams win, so that lock down the road has got even less hope <laughs> for up this season. Joe Wood, thank you very much for your contribu contributions tonight. Been a pleasure, mate. Mark Coates as well on the football hour this evening. Thank you very much, Mark. Have a fantastic week, and I'm sure this will be the last time we speak this season. So, uh, hopefully, we'll get you back on next season too. And I'll see you on Sunday at Fratton. See you there, mate. Looking forward to all the four nils next year. Oh, plenty of them. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Thank you, Joe. Thank you once again for everybody who tuned in tonight. And thank you to everyone who got in touch via the text, tweets and emails as well. Your contributions are very much appreciated. Right. Unfortunately, that brings an end to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Big cheers to both, as I mentioned there, Mark and Joe. Big thank you to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another season of the Football Hour throughout this campaign. Payne right coming up here on Express tonight right after the news at seven following this show the soft rock show with Jeff and Aid they'll be chatting with Dave Wakeling of the beat and there's hot new music as well from Suburban Spell Heaven's Edge Voodoo Ramble Bricks Smith Lanterns on the Lake and as well as that focusing on new albums from Foo Fighters and McFly as well Kevin Stokes returns with that 80 show between 9 and 11 o'clock this evening but heading into your Tuesday morning Ian James wakes you up with Express breakfast from 6.30 all the way through till 10 which is when Paul Marsh returns with your mid-morning show between 10 and 1 and then in the evening plenty to look forward to drive time with Darren Gamble in between 4 and 6 before the local music show with Josh Robinson going through just great songs from local artists across Portsmouth as well as seeing who is number 1 in the latest local music chart the next Football Fix comes here on Express FM Wednesday evening from 6 with Henry Deacon with Over the White Line and I'll be back with two more Blues fans this Friday night from 6 to preview Sunday's visit of Wickham Wanderers, a final game of the season when the football hour returns this Friday night. Have a good week, Pompey fans. Stay safe and good night.